two young siblings went to, uh, got together and they pooled all their money and wanted to buy their mommy a special Mother's Day gift. Uh, they couldn't give very much, but they pulled their money together and they went to a flower shop to see what they could buy. And they ended up coming home with a, a house plant to give to their mom. As they walked in to hand the house plant to their mom, as they handed it to her, they looked sad on their face. And she said, why, why do you seem so sad? This is a wonderful gift. Thank you so much. And they said, well, mom, really, we wanted to get you so much more. There was this beautiful bouquet that was in a really crystal vase and just huge. We, loved, we wanted to get that for you because you're so special. She said, why would you want to get that one instead of this one? And they said, well, because it had a ribbon on it that we thought was so perfect for you. The ribbon said, rest in peace. <laughs> you always ask for peace and rest. <laughs> hey, listen, I know this day is a fun day to celebrate for sure, but it's not always the easiest day. Some of us have lost moms. Some of us have lost grandmoms and some of us have lost close friends of ours or or, or maybe you had a difficult relationship with him and to you I would say I'm really glad you're here and uh, I know this day isn't always easy or maybe you you've always wanted to be a mom and that hasn't happened I'm so glad you're here uh, welcome home and I'm really uh, thankful for you being here amen happy mother's day to you all hey I, I wanted to uh we're getting ready to start a series uh, this week that I'm really excited about it's a six-week series during Mother's Day and Father's Day every year, we kind of set aside six weeks to talk about family. I think if there's a one thing that we undervalue and really need to over-communicate about is the family. In fact, I, quite frankly, I think the family is the most powerful institution on the planet. I can't think of another institution more powerful. It impacts how we see life, how we manage life, how we uh, uh, really launch out in life. And in so many ways, our families, whether good or bad, intentional, unintentional, right or wrong, healthy or unhealthy, our families left a mark on our lives. And, and I, I want to take this time to really set apart six weeks to say, let's focus on family the, between Mother's Day and Father's Day. This series this week that we're starting is called The Emotional Healthy Family. And but I'll tell you, if there's a place that emotions can run high and hot, it's in the area of family. Amen. Like it or not, it's emotional, right? It can be the, the most high of highs and the most low of lows. It can be the most joy-filled joy place and sometimes the most scary place. It can be the most uh, erratic place and the most safe place. And family and emotional health is something I want to spend the next few weeks talking with us about because I feel like it's a, a, there's, a there's a fundamental issue that so many of us, uh, that we didn't get, uh, we didn't have to take the test before we got entered into family, right? We just got into family and we just tried figuring it out. Some of us did great, some of us didn't. Some of us had super amazing experiences and some of us, well, you're here, right? So I'm here to tell you, I want to talk with us about emotional health and, and to really start us off this morning, I have a, a real special friend that I'm going to have come and share. Yvonne Swint, Dr. Swint, is the, uh, the head of the do occupational therapy department at the University of Puget Sound. She leads our church council alongside of me, and she's just a really great person. So will you join me and a good mommy? Join me in welcoming my friend Yvonne, Yvonne Swint. students, it's not so bright. 
Well, have you ever gotten one of those texts? Sometimes texts are really nice compared to phone calls because at least you can think about it before you respond, right? So have you ever gotten a text where you immediately want to respond back, uh, no, right? So I got one of those texts last October when um, Lance texted me and said, um, would you speak on the emotionally healthy mom? And I grabbed my phone and I started to type, no way. And then I thought, well, no, that wasn't very polite. Maybe I should say, have you been in my house the last few weeks? Not a good thing. No. And so I'm trying to figure out how to politely say, mm, not really. Maybe I'll just say I'm not available during the month of May. Well, that's not the truth. And then pretty soon you start having this argument, right? You're figuring out what you're going to text back. And then God starts talking to you. Excuse me, are you going to ask me? I'm like, not really. I've already decided, nope, not talking about this. And um, so I'm still figuring out how I'm going to text him no. And then pretty soon, and I'm at work, right? So pretty soon a student knocks on the door, so now I can't text. And I'm like, I'll get back to this. And so I'm going about my day, and it's busy, and I can't text, and I can't text. And God's in the background going, we need to talk about this. And I'm like, I really don't hear you. You know, it's kind of like what my girls do to me sometimes, right? Right? And so I'm going on, and so finally, four days later, I text Lance, and I said, okay. And, and then started this journey of really kind of figuring out what is an emotionally healthy mom, and what does this mean? And, you know, sometimes God asks us to do things that are really hard, not just because of what he wants us to do, but because of what he wants to process in us during that time. Right? So God... There's a lot in, over the last five, six months that God has been processing in me about this whole thing. And so now fast forward a couple months, I'm starting to feel comfortable about this. I think I can do this. I'm praying about it. I'm thinking. I'm reading. I'm talking to God about it. And I'm driving in the car with my daughter, my oldest daughter, and she talks about how she's been asked to do some things with worship, and it's outside of her comfort zone. And she goes, I don't know, Lord, I, I, or I don't know, Mom, I don't know if I'm ready. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm thinking, God just taught me this. This is so cool. I'm like, you know, sometimes God asks us to do things outside of our comfort zone. And, and then he prepares you and he equips you and he uses you in, how, in what he wants to do. And I said, for example, Pastor Lance asked me to speak on the emotionally healthy mom. I wish I'd had a camera. You should have seen her face. All right? And then she looks at me and she goes, really? And I said, yep. And he go, she goes, that's iconic. And I said, iconic, do you mean ironic? She goes, yep. And I thought, okay, here we go. So, so we're going to talk about the emotionally healthy mom. And so let's pray. Father, I am so thankful that you have opportunities for us to really hear from you in a variety of different ways and that you do care about who we are physically, emotionally, spiritually. You care about how we operate in our families, in our church, in our community. And Father, I just ask that um, you just use me to communicate what you want us to hear here at PSCC about being emotionally healthy mothers. So we're starting this um, series on emotional health, and I was asking the Lord just about the, the whole series. What, what would you want to say? Why are we... Um, why are we even really talking about this? And one of the authors that I read, he says, too many in the church are stuffing, ignoring, or anesthetizing, anesthet anesthet I can't say the word, 
Anyway, thank you. Anesthetizing their emotions, all of which is detrimental to our personal growth in the Lord and in our ministries. And I think that we are embarking on this, yes, this six-week journey, but I really believe God desires to do something new and deep in us individually and then in our families that then is going to make a change in our church that's going to make, that then we're going to be able to go out and impact our community. And I think about some of the sermons and some of the words we've heard over the last um, few months and Heather's word about going out and being a change and making an impact in our community and how can we do that if we're not allowing God to process through and work in us because we want people, we want the community to see that we're different and but it, that it's safe here to come. It's safe to come here and be healed and, and to meet the Lord. And um, Lance talked last week about the threshing floor and what God is doing and growing and, and working in and, and through us. So, so then I started thinking, well, why should we talk specifically about the emotionally healthy mother? Why not just talk about emotional health in, in general? Why not just think about, well, you know, hey, we all just need to be emotionally healthy. What's unique about about the mom? And I started to realize, as I was praying about that, that um, God wants to speak to the mother's heart in each of us. And I recognize that today is Mother's Day, and I know, you know, Lance has said this, it can be hard. I've had Mother's Days that I didn't come to church. I had a Mother's Day that the Friday before Mother's Day, I was told that my... Um, daughter would be returning back to uh, her birth family the next that Monday and I was so hurting I didn't tell anybody I walked through church the whole day with everybody going happy first mother's day and I was dying inside and I started to realize that I didn't make a good choice that day I should have shared and been and we should have been able to come together as as a community and I started to realize as I was thinking about these mother's days and thinking about it's that mother's heart in each of us is, I think, one of the places that Satan has attacked because it, it decreases our effectiveness as a church. When we protect our mother's heart too much, and all of us, every single person here, a part of them has that mother's heart, has that desire to really be tender and nurturing, to be able to hear a baby's cry and want to comfort the baby or to see somebody suffering and want to be able to, to meet that needs. And God has that mother's heart. It says in Isaiah 66, 13, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you and you will be comforted. And so I started to realize that, yes, we do need to talk about being emotionally healthy mothers, but it's not the role of mother as much as it is that mother's heart. And yes, that role of mother is what we see and what we um, walk through and, and experience, but there's so much more that um, God desires to do as we start thinking about the mother's heart. And I also think it's one of the reasons why sometimes that can be some of the places where there's the deepest wounds, right? Because there's a deep wound and we try and protect it. God wants to heal it. And God wants to give us strategies so that when, as we're healed as individuals, and then as our families start operating more in wholeness and that, our church then, and then we're going to be able to reach the community in even new and deeper ways. So I started thinking about, okay, then what does it mean to be emotionally healthy? Is it a day-to-day thing? Or does it mean that you're happy all the time, right? Oh, they're happy. They must be emotionally healthy. Or does it mean that we never yell or get upset? Then I totally fail at that one. 
Um, or how about that picture-perfect mom that we've all seen, right? The house is clean. They've got happy kids. They're always on time. Clothes are always clean and neat and pressed. Um, they always make homemade, healthy dinners that are well-rounded, always includes fruits and vegetables. And, of course, the kids eat them because the emotionally healthy mom has taught them how important that is, and the kids just automatically respect and do that, right? And... Um, and they, they never look frazzled. Their hair's always perfect, right? That's the picture a lot of times we get of what an emotionally healthy mom is. And I started praying about that, and I was thinking about that. And then God showed me this picture. Have you seen this where there's the duck, and they look all nice and calm on top of the water? And what's happening underwater? They are paddling like crazy. And I started thinking maybe... One of the challenges is that we have given this picture of what an emotionally healthy mom is that um, is so false and so difficult to reach that then we um, just give up. When in the reality is that if we can press through, there may be something that God really desires to do in and through us. So I decided that maybe a good place to start in just gathering some information would be to start talking to some of my friends. So I started asking some of my friends, so... What's an emotionally healthy mom? First of all, I got laughed at a lot. I got, I heard, is there such a thing? I heard, what do you mean? Motherhood's a constant state of instability. How can you be emotionally healthy? Um, a couple people said it's not possible to be a mother and be emotionally healthy. And as I was starting to hear some of this, my spirit started to grieve because I kept hearing Father God say, that's not what I want the church to hear. That's not who I've created our my mothers to be. That's not my desire for a mother's heart. A couple of my friends, though, really gave some, some deeper thought, and I'm going to read a couple of their quotes to you. Um, one, it's a good question. So far, I've come up for me. It's not only about managing my emotions, but it's about awareness of them. Meaning we all fall down and screw up, but what happens next? Do I reflect and ask forgiveness of others, even my kiddo, when necessary? Also, it's about being open and allowing others to speak life into you, to speak the truth to, to you, and being humble enough to receive the feedback. So not being arrogant, but recognizing we are all works in progress, striving to be like Jesus and, and failing and succeeding every day. And another friend said, In touch with and in control of your emotions. Not stuff in control, but able to express them constructively. Able to be attuned with others without being pulled into their emotional drama. Ah, uh, it sounds so peaceful to be that person and to be surrounded by such persons. So what is emotional health? I, as I was talking and thinking, and, um, and if you know me, I, I'm a college professor. My daughter, daughters hate that I'm a college professor because I like research. So, you know, well, how come we can't have six hours of screen time? Well, let's go look at the research. Mom, I don't care about the research. Well, I do. So, and there's times that when it, I just stop an argument by saying, if you can go find research supporting your um, position, then we'll be, I'll be happy to talk with you. So, <laughs> um, and they have tried. So, um, I started um, doing some reading and doing some research just 
from a scientific side of things, from, a, from what does the research say about emotional health? What is the literature starting to say? And here's what's really interesting. You know, it really is becoming more and more of a discussion in our society. If, if you're kind of following like Brenny Brown, and I'm going to talk about some of her work, um, and some other researchers um, um, in the area of psychology, they've um, stopped studying abnormal psychology as much, and they're starting to study positive psychology. So starting to look, those who are doing well, why are they doing well, how, how come? And, um, and so it really seems that, um, as I started to read, that mental, being mentally healthy doesn't mean that you don't get angry. It doesn't mean that you don't struggle. But it does mean that you start that you have a handle on some of that, that you're able to really be able to um, process through some of it. And here's what's really, really exciting to me as a researcher and somebody who works with um, families and works in the foster care system and uh, you know a lot of things that I do in my in my um, professional world is there's more and more data coming out that is supporting the importance of emotional health. Um, there's this whole um, study in what they're calling epigenetics where they're actually finding that the choices that we make now affect future generations genetically. And so I'm thinking, okay, so we have all this science, and then we can layer God, and we can layer the scriptures and the truth on top of it, and what power there is, right? What power there is if we can work as as um, fa- as the body of Christ and bring emotional health and change the epigenetics, genetics for um, generations to come. If you're interested to read more about that, an easy book to read, not a neuroscience type book, is um, called "The Body Keeps the Score." But it's very, very um, interesting. Um, they're finding more and more between mind, body, and and spiritual connection that all of it is working um, together. Um, there's a lot of research happening in resiliency. What does it mean to be resilient? And all of the literature and the data is really practical, right? You bounce back, and you're able to be strong. And, and so when you read some of that, it's, it's really easy to go, okay, this is great, but it's really hard, too. And then I hear Father God go, but if you give it to me, if you pray, if you spend time with me, then we can do some of that together in partnership in the Lord. We can come to a place of, of emotional health. So let me just read a couple quotes, um, and then we're going to talk more about how, how to do this. And I'm watching the time, Lance. Um, so <laughs> I'm used to lecturing, you know, three hours, whole days, but okay. So people who are emotionally healthy are in control of their thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. It means you're aware of your emotions and you can deal with them whether they're negative or positive. So it doesn't mean stuffing those negative emotions, right? Um, Emotionally healthy people still feel stress, anger, and sadness. In fact, emotionally healthy people allow themselves to feel stress, anger, and sadness. It's what you do with it, right? God gave us those emotions. They're They're not bad emotions. They've learned how to deal with them. Um, they've developed resilience. One can, have, here's, one can have emotional problems, mental illness, or physical illness and still be emotionally healthy. All right? People who have good emotional health can cope with problems with family, work, or school. They know when to seek help from their doctor or counselor. And they know how to keep their problems in perspective. 
And so as I was reading some of this and, and I, I was looking at what's in the literature and what um, neuroscience is saying and what some of the current, our current researchers are saying around um, emotional health and there's a whole lot of stuff around emotional health and leadership, um, I started to think, okay, well, what does this mean for me as a Christian and what does it mean in, in the body of Christ and how does God desire to use some of this? What is God saying about emotional health? And could it be um, that that really it seems so difficult to reach this, but if we partner with the Lord, it's way easier than we may have thought. And so I started to um, think about well, when are some of the times that I have felt the most emotionally healthy? And this may be a little bit of an oxymoron, but it's actually been the times of the greatest challenge. And, and I started thinking, well, why would I say that the times in my life of greatest challenge is when I felt most emotionally healthy? Well, because the times of greatest challenge have been the times that have pushed me to the Lord and to the Bible and to the truths that I know in deeper ways than I normally do when I'm going about my day-to-day life and everything's going okay. And so I started thinking, hmm, maybe God uses some of these challenges. Maybe some of the things that, that we've experienced, and if we think about that in terms of Mother's Day, it maybe God desires to use some of the pain or some of the, the um, struggles that have happened around that mother's heart and happened around Mother's Day. And if, we, and if we share that pain with him, he can bring us to a point of emotional health that will allow us to make a difference in this world, that will allow us to be able to reach the community and reach, the, reach our hurting outside the four walls of the church that we wouldn't be able to do in any other way. And so some of you know I work a lot um, with foster families and, and I'm very um, connected with the um, foster world. And so I've really been thinking about this. I have two friends this week um, who had children in their home, foster parents had children in their home, thought they were going to be able to have them for long term, be able to adopt them, that returned their children home. One of them returned her um, three-year-old home to the biological family yesterday. We had a choice at that point, right? What, 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 how are we going to respond? And both of my friends, it's hard. I'm frustrated. I don't understand. I thought God said that I was going to be able to keep this baby. I'm rejoicing. I'm happy. What a Mother's Day present for the biological mom, right? That's emotional health. You're struggling. You're walking both sides of the fence. And, and, but, but here, what's, here's what's happening is that when in those, both of those situations, those foster families had built relationships with those biological families, and those biological families, their lives are changing. And, and, and they're going to continue to be involved. And so really what's happened is these two children now have two mommies, and they're learning to co-parent, and they're learning to work together. But, they're, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt, and it doesn't mean that my friend yesterday wasn't on the phone in tears saying, this hurts so bad, but I know it's so good, right? And that's some of that walking in emotional health, of learning how to um, really be able to recognize that there's, there's challenges that we're going through, but God desires us to spend time with him, and he will help us know how to work with and, and deal with our emotions. And so then I started thinking, okay, so 
times of struggle, I can I do better. And because it seems like I'm spending more time with God, hmm, maybe I need to kind of figure out how to how to really work with this. What's unique about those times of struggle and spending time with God that seems to bring improved emotional health for me? And and I've seen it in li- in you know in some of the, my friends' lives and and others as well. Is it because I've prayed more, or is it because I read my Bible more, or maybe I've me- memorized a couple of scriptures that helped me hold on to the truth? Um, and the answer, I think, is yes to all of those things. But I think there's something else that happened within within that, and and that we're starting to see um, in some of the work of some of the researchers that are really looking at some of that. And and so what I want to do in um, these last few minutes is talk about what can we do? What, what does it really look like then? How do we get there? And I think it starts with um, what Brenny Brown talks about as um, vulnerability. And she says, vulnerability is the birthplace of connection and the path to feeling worthiness. If it doesn't feel vulnerable, the sharing is probably not constructive. And so Brenny Brown is a researcher who's looked a lot at... Um, effectiveness and um, people who are are doing well who are emotionally healthy and and she's real a lot of her research has boiled down to vulnerability and she talks about how um, important connection is for emotional health and in the, again in the work that I've done with foster parents a lot of the um, one of the um, strategies I use is called trust-based relationship intervention and it's all about connection and when I got trained in that, I spent a whole week learning how to connect, right? Learning how to really sit down and say, I, I see you, to these hurting, hurting um, children. And so um, Brenny talks about how vulnerability really takes courage. And so as I was thinking about um, this, I started thinking, you know, the first thing we need to learn to do, and when I've been in those times of struggle, is when I've been most vulnerable before the Lord, and so maybe some of emotional um, health, maybe some of being an emotionally healthy mom is learning to be vulnerable before God, right? Going, before, going at times on my knees in my room and saying, I really don't know how to deal with this parenting situation instead of jumping to the most recent parenting book or the latest research. But, you know, okay, God, what did you say? And you know what I have found when I've done that? God has started to show me his heart for my kids. Not my plan for them, but his plan, his heart. When I'm vulnerable and say, Father God, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. And so um, starting to really learn how to build our um, hope in, in, in him. You know, when um, I was sharing about hope at the, at, during the um, worship service, I was like, yep, it is. It's putting our hope in him. And as I was thinking about this, um, Matthew um, 21, 42, where Jesus said to them, Have you never read the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. That we need to put Jesus as the cornerstone, as that foundation for emotional health. That we need to go to him for that. That we need to, to really believe the words of the song that we sang today. That my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Right? I dare not trust in the sweetest frame, but I wholly trust in Jesus' name. And trusting that even through the storm, yes, he will ride with us. 
and being vulnerable before him. And, you know, I started out talking about my argument with God about even preparing and doing this, this um, sermon this morning. But I argue with God a lot. Um, and, you know, sometimes I'm like, I look at some of I have some really good friends who are um, intercessors, and I think, my vision is they go into their prayer closet and it's all happy and okay, God, and they're interceding. But, but you know, sometimes I'm on my knees before the Lord going, what were you thinking, God, if this was not my plan? And I really don't think this was a good idea. But, um, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll listen. But I, you know, and my girls will tell you, I, I have to work really hard sometimes to just close my mouth, right? Because, you know, I'm, I'm the one who's like, what were you thinking? And it really wasn't a good idea. And here's the ten reasons why it wasn't a good idea. And they're like glazed over after the first reason. And so I do the same thing with God. And I'm sure sometimes he just sits there and goes, okay, I'll wait till you're done. But being vulnerable before him. Being willing to say, okay, God, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. What are you going to do with this? Help me, help me, help me, help me. Right? And um, coming to that place of absolute um, surrender to him in sharing who we are emotionally. Because I think we're good at bringing things to him. I'd like this. I'd like this done for me. But what about bringing our emotions to him? I'm really hurting, God. This really stinks. I didn't plan this, and it's not so much the practicality of what I didn't plan. It's, it's the emotional pain that I'm feeling because of, of how things have shifted, right? And, and help me understand what those emotions are, and, and not just the surface emotion, because a lot of times um, when we start talking about emotional health, a lot of times where we start is with anger or some of those quick emotions, but what we're feeling a lot of times anger is really grief because we're having to die to a vision or die to something that we thought God had said. And Oswald Chambers says there's no condition in life in which we cannot abide in Jesus. We have to learn to abide in him wherever and whenever, wherever we are placed, right? That's emotional health, learning, learning from him. So, one, vulnerable before God. Then the next is being vulnerable here at church, vulnerable with each other. And that's scary, right? And we're really good at coming to church and putting on our masks. And I was just at a conference in St. Louis, and um, it wasn't Mardi Gras, but they still had their masks. And and the thing that was interesting to me, I was thinking about this, is, um, you know, if, 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 I'm not St. Louis, New Orleans. If you've been in New Orleans during some of their partying times, it's, it's yucky. It's, it's intense. It's spiritually challenging. It's just yucky. But they have these wonderful, colorful, beautiful masks that I think distract you from the yuckiness, right? Because you're like, what great colors. Oh, that's a cool mask. But the person behind that mask is usually drunk, or is out partying, or is hurting, and I think, okay, I don't want to walk into church with that mask, where people are like, oh, everything looks great, you look so good. Part of emotional health is as we're vulnerable before the Lord, and we start to become emotionally healthy in our relationship with him, and then we start sharing and being vulnerable in our family, that we need to start being sharing and being vulnerable in our church family. And one of the things I've had to learn, especially as a single parent, is sometimes 
I need help. And I've had to learn that there's times where I've called and said, help, I need someone to come and help me right now because I'm not making good emotional choices and I don't have somebody, another adult in the house sometimes to say, Yvonne, calm down, right? So I just keep amping. And so I've had to learn to have that vulnerability that I need to have that help at times. And so learning as we deal with our emotions and learning to um, be vulnerable before the Lord and then be vulnerable with each other, we're going to start seeing, I think, healing. Because as we're able to be vulnerable, we're able to share what what we've gone through, then the Lord's going to be able to do great and mighty things. And when I talk about vulnerability, I don't mean that we just go and indiscriminately share everything. We need to be wise with that. But the other part of vulnerability that I think we need to get good at doing is we need to learn how to be empathetic, not sympathetic. Do you guys know the difference? And I think about that a lot at Mother's Day. When I think back over the years when I didn't have kids or the struggles of adopting or the different things that I've gone through in my journey of what it's meant to be a mother for me, the the deepest wounds have come from well-intentioned friends trying to be sympathetic that hurt. Oh, it's, you know, Yvonne, someday God will bring that guy. Someday you'll get married. Well, that doesn't help that now I'm hurting, right? Or, you know, Yvonne, if, if, if God takes this baby away, there'll be another one for you, right? Or my friend that, oh, God must have needed this, that child more in heaven than, they, than you needed that child here. So that's all sympathy, and they're all great words. But if we want to be emotionally healthy, we need to be empathetic. And that just means sometimes saying nothing and just sitting and putting your arm around them. We need to be empathetic with our kids. Sometimes we don't need to reinforce the lesson they just learned. We just need to sit with them and hold them or sit with them and cry with them, right? Or just be there. Um, with my group of friends, a lot of, um, we're all sing- I have a single moms group that we talk a lot on Facebook. We um, shoot texts back and forth. Um, some of my friends have some of the most challenging kids you can imagine. One of my friends just took her um, nine-year-old son and dropped him off at Western State. There's nothing I can say to her except for I see you and he sees you. That's all I can do, right? But that's bringing emotional health. And as hard as it is, I'm watching her walk this through and become more and more emotionally healthy. She's learning to lean on God. She's got us standing around her, but we're not. We're empathetic. We're there. But, and that's what we need. That's what it means to be emotionally healthy as moms. It means an emotionally healthy mother isn't what someone who has it all together. It isn't the duck that's nice and smooth across the top of the water, paddling deeply, you know, really fast underneath. It's the mother who reaches out and asks God for help. Or it's the mother who reaches out and asks her kids for help. Can you pray for me? Or that asks friends for help. So really quick, and I want to give kind of, so next steps. So where do we go with this? What do we do? How, how do we start becoming more emotionally healthy? How do we nurture that mother's heart in each one of us? And I think it starts with we've got to, to spend time with God and ask him, what does this mother's heart mean for me? 
you know, what does it really mean? During my single years when I took the time and I did that, God said it means that you're going to invest in other mothers. You're going to take their kids and give them a break. You're going you're gonna to use that mother's heart. You're going to use it in other ways. And, you know, I learned some really great parenting strategies by being around other mothers as God was preparing me for when I would then be able to have kids. Um, we need to choose vulnerability. We really, I, I, if there's anything, because I think as we choose vulnerability, I've talked about the home and I've talked about within the church, but I think the next step is going to be that the, the community is going to be drawn here for vulnerable. Because then all of a sudden they're going to be like, you mean you have a kid that got hooked on drugs? Well, what did you do about it? How did God help you walk through that? And we're going to be able to share. Oh, you mean you, you lost a baby? How did you deal with that pain? But if we keep all of that behind a mask, then there's nothing that's going to draw people um, to us. And then the last thing I think we really need to do is really allow time for growth and use resources. If you're hurting, if, if, if we go through this whole series on emotional stability, if you need help, then get help. You know, if counseling's not bad. Counseling's been great. But seek out friends or seek out professionals if you, if you need that. So that God can continue to work in us and through us. Because it's, it's not just about us. And it's not just about the four walls of this church. But it's also about our community. And, I, and, and as I was praying, and I, I'll close on this. The picture the Lord gave me is that as we start individually developing that emotionally healthy, as we become emotionally healthy moms, and I'm sure we're going to talk about boundaries and all these other aspects of emotional health, emotionally healthy dads, as we start doing that and our families start becoming more emotionally healthy, and then we start becoming more vulnerable and we start learning how to be empathetic here, people are going to be drawn here because we're going to be different We're not using words. We're walking out who God has called us to be. And as we do that, then people want that. People need that. They're hurting. And we have an opportunity to really be able to make a difference in our world. So let's pray. Father God, I know that even talking about emotional health can be overwhelming it can seem to some as unattainable. God, I know that at times the whole idea of emotional health can be that that's for somebody else, it's not for me, or you don't understand what happened to me. But God, I know you're the great healer. I know that you are our Abba Father. God, I know you desire to make a difference in us as individuals, in our families, in our church, and in our community. And so God, I just pray that as we walk through this series that all of us will have the ears to hear what you desire for Puget Sound um, Foursquare and, and how you desire us to walk out this series and walk out this word, Lord. In your name, amen.